What's going on, everybody? My name is Enrique Pinheiro, and welcome back to the Hawk Show Talk Show, a Seattle Seahawks podcast. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. And I'm also very active on my Instagram. And my handle on all these platforms is at Hawk Show Talk Show or the Hawk Show Talk Show. Uh, so, yeah, uh, check them out and enjoy. In today's episode, I'm going to be discussing uh, the recent events with the Seahawks regarding. Uh, the quarterback situation, uh, whether it's Russell, whether it's Gino, uh, or whether it's someone else, which I'll get into in a sec. But yeah, just going over uh, where do we go now uh, regarding this Russell injury? Where do we go from here? So yeah, let's get right into it. Let's talk some Hawk. So uh, this uh, past week, uh, in week five against the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday Night Football, uh, I was actually at the game. It was my first uh, Seahawks game I went to in over two years, and it was really exciting, really fun. But uh, I believe in the third quarter, uh, Aaron Donald uh, was going in for uh, like a sack on Russell, like in the pressure. And as Russell was following through, uh, Aaron Donald hit uh, Russell's throwing hand and he jammed the finger and he jammed it so bad that he uh, dislocated it. And if you saw it, Russell looked like, I can't do it with my hand. I'm, try- I'm trying to look in-, in the screen to see if I can do it. Uh, but his middle finger was like, was not straight. It was it was awful. Uh, so they pulled Russell out of the game, and you know, at first I was like, I don't know. I thought it was something minor. I remember we were we were all there watching, and I was like, yeah, not too big of a deal. I think Russell even played another drive. Uh, I'm not sure if he did. I don't quote me on this, but I think Russell might have played one more drive uh, after the injury, like thinking he could play through it. Uh, but then, like one or two drives later we see the offense come out and Geno Smith's walking out there and everyone's freaking out. And the original idea is we're screwed because like Russell has bailed us out of so many situations. We've, we've learned to rely on him, uh, which I'll get into later. That's a big thing I want to talk about. Uh, but you know, Russell's like been our savior. Uh, it's been our whole team for, I don't know how many years now. So without him, you're like, Oh shit. Like this game's over. This is, we're done. And Geno Smith comes in. Yeah, Geno Smith, the the guy who, like, the coin toss king, the one who doesn't do anything for us other than coin toss, comes out and absolutely kills it. I mean, what in the world? That was insane. So Geno comes out, and I think first drive goes five for six with a touchdown. Oh, like, oh, my God. It, it was really mind-boggling to me. Uh, it was amazing. And also, I'd like to put, uh, like, Geno, I guess there was, like, low expectations uh, like really low because you've never like thought of Gino being that guy uh, in his life. Maybe like early in his career when he got drafted in the first round by the Jets, uh, and he and he beat Bill Je- Bill Belichick as a rookie. But like, never, especially now, like after I've seen Gino in preseason games or last year when we were really up, uh, we were up a lot against the Jets and we put Gino in. I was just like, oh, he's meh. But he killed it against a great Rams defense. Uh, and I know maybe a rebuttal for that would be, oh, like the Rams spent their entire week game planning to go against Russell Wilson. Like Gino, they, they weren't ready for Geno Smith. It's still Geno Smith. I don't think you need to prepare too much for him. But here, here we are. Geno first drive, touchdown. Insane. 98-yard drive. I promise you there's no way in the world if Russell's in that drive, we score. I don't even think we get in the, I don't even think we get in the field goal range that drive. Uh, I'll talk about that in a sec. Second drive, Geno Great drive, gets a field goal, and honestly, should have been a touchdown if Tyler Lockett catches that, like, I wouldn't call it a fade, but, like, 
uh, right side of the end zone to lock it. He should have caught that. I know it's a hard catch, but still, he should have caught that. Uh, so it's a field goal. And then Gino's last drive. I know it wasn't the best read. Like, I know Homer was open for the dump off. But lock it, that's a good enough read. And lock it flops. And I don't, I'm not going to get mad at Tyler for that. Because like, he was going to go down no matter what. Uh, like, he tripped. And it's not his own. Like, while well, it's his fault, like, I'm not going to get mad at someone for tripping. Uh especially someone I love, like Tyler Lockett. So there's some bias there from me. Uh, but if Tyler Lockett doesn't fall, that's a at least a contested catch uh, that Tyler Lockett can either catch or have it be incomplete. It's not going to be a pick. So I don't blame Gino for that. Uh, and then in the end, we lose the game, right? So where do we go from here? Everyone's like, is Russell going to be back next week? No, yesterday it came out. Russell's out for six to eight weeks after getting surgery. Uh and first, I want to say I'm really like I feel bad. That that sucks for Russell. Uh, he had the the super long streak of n like never missing a start. I know he's missed snaps. I know against the Niners in like uh, 2016 season, like Trevon Boykin uh, played a little bit, uh, I believe. But you know he's like Russell's started every game of his career for what 10 years. Uh, nah, nah, I don't nine or 10 years. I forget. But. Uh, I think there's a huge silver lining team-wise because, yeah, not for Russell. That sucks for him. But let's talk about it. So last season, weeks one through five, the 2020 season, uh, COVID year, uh, Russell absolutely killed it. He's the MVP. Uh, and he does that at the beginning of a lot of seasons where he kills it. And then uh, he tones it down. But last year, Russell, weeks one through five, ending with that Vikings Monday night football game in the green tops and blue bottoms, Russell was amazing. Easily a god. Uh, he's bailing us out of games. It was crazy, incredible. Like the, the Patriots game, the Cowboys game, uh, and the Vikings game specifically. He's played out of his mind. Then that week six game, the Sunday night football against the Cardinals, Russell, we didn't lose because of him, but he played really bad. It was a game uh, where DK chased down Buddha. That Buddha pick went the three yard line, and Russell like throws a lofty pass to Carson, gets picked. Should have been a pick six, but DK's that good. Uh, then later he, uh, him and DK miscommunicate, uh, and throws a pick to Pat Pete. And then in OT, Russell gets a chance to win the game, uh, and he throws a pick to Isaiah Simmons. Uh, but the reason that game went into OT, I don't know if you guys remember, we were up seven points, or no, we were up three points with the ball, two minutes left. And first and 10, they have three timeouts. We run it to Carlos Hyde. All right, second and, I don't know, something. We run it to Carlos Hyde. Third and something, we run it to Carlos Hyde. And then we punt. Then the Cardinals get the ball, kick a field goal, go to overtime, win in overtime. We have Russell Wilson. Why didn't we put the ball in his hands? And I'm, it's too late to rant on that game now, but this is just foreshadowing. So that year, we didn't rely on Russell in the clutch. And I know you, like, you should be able to trust your run game, especially in, in like, the game script that we were in, but just as the year progressed, Russell became less and less of that savior guy. Like we had a lot of bad, like really ugly wins last year, uh, like against the Washington football team. We barely won that game. Uh, I think Dunlap got the game-winning sack, but we won by less than one touchdown against Dwayne Haskins. Uh, the Jets game was a great win. Uh, I won't. I won't stop that. But we played the Niners in Week 17, and I don't even remember who their quarterback was. Was it C.J. Bethard? Was it Nick Mullins? I don't know. But we barely win that game. That's awful. Uh, we literally lost to the Giants without Saquon Barkley. Like 
like the uh when we beat the Rams to secure the divisional uh, spot, that was a really ugly win. And I know it's ex more excusable because the Rams are great, uh, but still, like so many ugly wins. And when you win, you don't adapt. You don't make changes. You're like, especially Pete. Like people would ask him after the games, he'd be like, they'd be like, "Are you not concerned that you just barely beat this team?" And he'd be like, "A win's a win." Like yeah, he'd have that mentality that as long as we're winning, everything's fine. And that's not the case. But and then sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. But moving into this year, Russell has not been that clutch quarterback. Like, he hasn't choked or anything. He just just through his first pick uh, just now in week five is a bad read. Ramsey was all over Lockett. Uh, super tight window. Does uh, a pick. Uh, but Russell's been hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been like clutch or like our savior or like thirty five million dollars worth this year. And I know it's like easy for me to say as a fan. Uh, but Russell has not been what we expect him to be. The offense has been really really bad uh and in, in all five weeks and i would say the best drive of the season so far was led by geno smith that 98 yard drive was our best drive of the year uh in the colts game we didn't need a great offense the offense was really good though but those are two of our touchdowns were on uh were deep to lock it which like that's great but that's not a consistent like you can't rely on those you need to be able to run an offense uh, week two, Titans, same thing. Lockett deep touchdown, Swain deep touchdown. The rest of the game, shit show, no offense. Uh, Vikings started off with good offense. DK, the first drive uh, was great. Followed it up with nothing. Uh, no, no more offense in that game. Uh, Niners game, offense was good. Uh, so DK scored, Swain scored, Collins scored. Russell scrambled for one. Uh, that, 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 that's not, that's a. Uh, that's proving me wrong. That was a good game with the offense. And then this past week, dude, I'm just going to say it. Even before he got injured, Russell was playing like shit. Like, Russell was bad. Gino was miles better than Russell was even before Russell got hurt. And this is going to be the most important part of my uh, of the episode today. Uh, from now on, just kind of my rant. Like, you realize we don't have an offense for most games? That Rams game, the first half, we were atrocious. And I know we should have had... Uh, Another touchdown that got called back from Dwayne Brown's holding, but let's say it's even that. 14-3. We have so many bad drives in that game. And just this season, it's incredible how many three and outs we've had. And something that stuck out to me a lot in this past Rams game was uh, first quarter, we get in field goal range. First and 10, we run the ball to Collins, I believe. This is our back like I love Collins, but in the, at the end of, at the end of the at the end of the day, he's our backup running back. Second down, we run it to Collins again. Third and two, we run it to DJ Dallas, our like third or fourth stringer. I love DJ, but why? Fourth and two, we're gonna go for it. Okay, who's it gonna go to? We have a thirty-five million dollar quarterback. We have Tyler Lockett, who's got extended. We have DK Metcalf, the best receiver in the NFL, according to me. Uh, 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 but no, seriously, top ten receiver, DK, he's great. We run it to Alex Collins, our second string running back. You're telling me we have Russell Wilson and we completely just like don't use him. And that's first a complaint on the coaching because I've questioned the coaching for years and people call me a fake fan for it. But uh, I have said that Pete has done an awful job for the past couple of years. Uh, and that's a bit of it. But also like, like there has to be something with Russell there. Like why... Did we rely on the run game more when Russell was in than we did when Gino was in? When Gino was in, we put the ball in Gino's hands, and we trusted him, and it went well, except for at the end, obviously, but that's not his fault. With Russell, we rely on the run game so incredibly much, and it's unbelievable. Also, something I've like noticed this year 
is I feel like we don't even try on third and tens or the last few before half because instead of throwing it like 10 yards and maybe a contested catch, maybe just like taking a shot, we dump it off to Homer, Travis Homer, every time. And I don't know if it's to just protect the stats for Russell, just like not risk a pick or like a batting completion for a passer rating. or I, I don't know what it is, but like why not just give it a shot? And with Gino, we just, we, we it's more electric. I don't know how to explain it. And also a big factor for me, which is like unimportant, but I love to see it, is just the energy and excitement that, this has the potential to bring to Seattle. And I know we all love Russell, uh, like 10 years, my entire career as a Seahawks fan has been Russell, but it's gonna be kind of nice just for a change for ones, which like prayers up for Russell, that sucks that he got hurt, but I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of excited. And I mean, I'm really excited because uh, whether it's Gino, whether it's someone else, uh, and he, he, even if we're not, like as good as contenders anymore, like just how the Mariners had a good season. They knew they weren't gonna win the World Series, but that season was so fun. And I think this has the potential to be that now. Uh, and if we get it together, we could, we could still be major contenders. Uh, but just, I feel like we ha we've been in the same pattern of offense the past 10 years and people have criticized it. And because we have Pete Carroll, no changes have been made, nothing. I know uh, we went from Bevel to Shoddy and now uh, Waldron. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, the offense has been pretty similar every year. Uh, and it's been bad. Uh, and it's always been based around Russell and, well, based around the run game and Russell. Uh, but now with, like, why was the offense miles better with Gino? Like, Gino, uh, like, also Russell, like, I don't know if, uh, if it's like, I, I know the O-line is always bad. But I feel like he doesn't scramble as much anymore. Gino scrambles more. Uh, why do we never run keepers with Russell like or, or options? Like just like utilize his speed. We utilized him more with Gino. Gino ran more than Russell did. Like I just feel like this kind of opens our offense up to changes and and you know, just new opportunities, new directions. And I'm I'm really excited. Uh, the only thing that I would say is while Gino was amazing on Thursday night and being there that made the game for me because when Russell's in every drives high expectations and a letdown except for the touchdown ones uh and it's just like you know same old same old when Gino was in that place was shaking dude it was insane like there's Gino Gino chance going on when Gino scored the like the ground was shaking it was godly it was insane when Gino scored people were freaking out and it was just it was so much fun and people were like we all put our faith in Gino. Like Gino, when Gino was running out there, the place was roaring. And the second Gino comes, like the huddle breaks up and they're getting set the line, dead silent. Just so Gino can like get set. And he's making pre-snap adjustments. He just, he looked cool, cool, calm and collected. He looked really, really good. And while I would like to say, whether it's six to eight weeks, whether it's the rest of the season, that we can put our faith in Gino because he looked really, really good on Thursday night. The, like the honest truth is that Gino has not been that good the rest of his career. Uh, he wasn't, I know he's in the Jets, so that's excusable, but he wasn't that good in the Jets. Last year against the Jets, when we were up a lot, we put Gino in and Gino did not look good either. Uh, and then just past, this past preseason, I know he had a backup O-line and backup receivers in, but Gino looked like a deer in the headlights sometimes. He did not look like what he was doing. I, uh, I remember two years ago, I wanted Paxton Lynch to make the roster. And then this past year, I wanted Alex Magoo or McGuff, Magoo sounds funnier, uh, to make the roster. And Gino made it both years. I'm not complaining. Uh, it's not too big of a deal. But now, like, Gino proved me wrong. He was, he was insane. 
but just like, I don't know if we can put our faith in that long term. And that's why I stand by it. I think the Seahawks should at least like try it out, make the call for Super Cam. I'm saying it. He's not in the team. He's obviously the best free agent quarterback on the market by a long shot. Uh, and while he wasn't really that good last year, he was pretty bad, like eight passing touchdowns, uh, 10 rushing, I believe. Uh, I think it's worth a shot because while Cam was buns last year, that offense was buns. Uh, his weapons were Jacoby Myers, uh, Edelman, who was injured for most of the season, and Ryan Izzo, and his run game was Damien Harris. So you put Cam with DK, with Lockett, with Chris Carson, like, I think it has a lot of potential. I'm not. I know. I'm not saying Cam's gonna be MVP like he was in 2015, uh, but I don't know. I just. I think it's really worth a shot. And I think if we wanna, because I think we can contend if we fix the defense. We have all the pieces. I think we have so much talent, especially on defense and on offense, uh, to contend. And if Cam can just be good enough, he doesn't have to be great. He has to be good enough. I think it's very, very possible that we can still contend. Uh, and with Cam, that opens up our offense to a whole new light. Uh, can you imagine five-yard line Cam keepers? Like last year when, the, when we played the Patriots, like that type of stuff. And Cam and Chris Carson, both like bruisers. It's just be, oh my God, I think it'd be so cool and so exciting to see. And just Pete, who never makes changes, I think I think it's time. Like when else? Like it's like they're begging for us. To make a change and if it was like a one-week thing sure run gino this could be up to two months i think cam like we need to at least try it uh i don't i don't see why not i know he'll be dirt cheap because he signed with the patriots last year for like one mil he's not in the team right now i know the steelers need a quarterback and the dolphins i know the texans they only qbs we need a qb we're the best team there that i just listed and I remember last year we were like slightly interested having him as a backup. I think no matter, like you have to give it a shot right now. Uh, so yeah. Uh, anyways, I know this was really long and I said a lot of far-fetched things, uh, but you know, this is my show. I want to have fun. Let me do what I want. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. Uh, we'll see what happens. We got a long uh, like 10 day uh, week until the next game. So yeah, uh, get Gino prepped. Uh, make make the call for Cam, please. I'm begging you, Pete and John. Like, oh, like, like and even if we have both of them, give them both a shot. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, the next couple of games are winnable. Uh, Steelers, Saints, Jags, and whether it's Cam or Gino, I think we can do it. If I'm not gonna swear, but if Ken Norton and Pete get their shit together, we can do it. All right, that's gonna be in the next episode. Go watch that in a sec. Uh, talk about the five-week recap of the shit show that is the LOB 2.0. But anyways, uh, thank you guys so much. Have a nice day. Go Hawks. Peace.